Yo, Freddy. Kind of gay. But I miss you, dude. Just seeing what you're doing. How's it going? Taxation is theft. Also, uh, Gomez. Amigo 2020. How's it going, man? Hit me up. Uh, I like big titties. You ready for Freddy? Now that's a fucking bong hit. You are listening to Thanks for the Invite podcast with Freddy Korea. Hello, everybody. This is Freddy Korea. Just doing a little intro for this episode, which is a swapcast. Hey, what's up, babe? What's up? What are you doing? What are you doing? Carrying a mirror over there? Yeah. Let me see. Come over here. Let me look at the mirror. Let me see what this mirror looks like. What is this called? A vanity mirror? I've been wanting this beautiful vanity mirror for many, many, many years. And I finally got it for my birthday. Mmm. I built it by myself. How many? Oh, you helped me with the lights. But. How many lights do um, we have one, here? One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. So 20. Oh, whoa. You did some, some Chinese math right there. Mm. <laughs> Fourth grade math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Well, this is nice. Okay, it's you, all baby. white. Yeah, hey, you're thank welcome. Thank you so much for my early birthday present. Our birthdays are coming up. And, you know, you know, the Carez, we do it a little different sometimes. Sometimes we don't always surprise each other. Uh, well, I was trying to surprise Lizzie, but uh, the big-ass package came in the mail, and she's working from home. And uh, outside of the package, it said, big-ass mirror. So... <laughs> One plus one equals two. <laughs> yeah. Chinese math, everybody. Yeah. There you go. Um, but I can't wait to hook it up. I think everything's already. I just need to put this in the outlet. This is really cool. I it's like legit. this. Yeah, this is really nice. It's legit. It's one of those things where, like, you know, I'm a guy, and I would never have any use for this, but I like seeing it in your room, you know? Like, it looks nice. Like, you know those little lights you put in your, those little lights, uh, what do you call them? Fairy lights? Yeah, the fairy lights. Yeah. Like, I would never have any use for it. Mm-hmm. But when I pass by your room, I'm like, that's cool. It looks nice. That reminds me, I need fairy lights. Oh, <laughs> put that on the list. Oh, there you go. Our birthdays are coming up soon, guys. August 16th, August 18th, and our 15th year wedding animer- anniversary. No, no, no. I'm all stuttering all right when I'm saying uh, our wedding. Do you say wedding? 15-year wedding anniversary? Is that how you say it? Um, Marriage anniversary or I wedding? I say wedding. Wedding, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 15 years, guys. Yeah. Uh, so this is pretty cool. and it's, it's an exciting month. We're going to have the whole week off. I was just doing an intro for a, swap, a Swapcast. Well, it was originally a podcast. I was a guest on the Cassius Moore show. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was listening to his intro, and I'm going to leave it on, and he talked about us, how we met up back back in 2019 when the world was normal. Oh, when we ate the arepas? Yeah, then we did a, a, a real swap cast. This one, this time around, I asked him, hey, can I re-upload the episode I did on your show? <laughs> and Cash is such a great person, such a great dude. Why not? Yeah, he's a great dude. Even from the beginning, he's like, hey, if you ever want to use this 
uh, podcast, this audio, you know, feel free to use it. How cool is that? What if some? What if you did somebody's podcast and and you asked them, "Hey, can I re-upload? I'm, I don't have any episodes to upload," <laughs> and then they're like, "No, actually, it's I my would. minute." Why not? You dedicated the time to be on my podcast. But I... it's so nice of him to even offer it without even asking. Oh yeah, of course. I didn't yeah. even have to ask in the beginning, and he just right off. As soon as we got done with the podcast, he's such a nice person, and he, you know, when he threw me on, he he had just put on Ron Jeremy. Joey Diaz, like he has heavy hitters, and then he has this fat guy from Vegas. So it's like this such a nice guy. Baby, you're not fat. Oh, thank you. I just wanted a compliment. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> AirPod. You knocked out my AirPod. My All right. Boys. Well, baby, I'll let you do your thing. Go. Uh... And I'll make your tacos. Oh yeah. The car free, the, the car free tacos from yeah. Mr. Tortillas. We bought these tortillas. What is it called, Mr. Tortillas? Because you convinced me on Facebook. You saw a video, and, and then... yeah, you know, sometimes they get you with the advertisement. And I gotta say, those though, it was five bucks for how many tortillas? Uh, twenty-four. That's not bad. One carb, uh, each tortilla, and it tasted pretty good. Really? I mean, who, who, who? If you pay, if you pay attention to the flavor of your tortilla. You're a fucking asshole. All right? That's all I got to say. Bye. Bye, babe. It's all about the salsa. You can have shit meat, by the way. Cardboard meat. If you have good salsa and some lime, you're good to go, bro. Good to go. All right. So where was I? Oh, yeah. We're back. So I do have some episodes to upload, but I really wanted to re-upload this one. Uh, and I know it was on Cash's stream. The Cassius Morris Show. Make sure you check that out, by the way. That's my buddy right there. He's killing it. He's doing his thing. He's a firecracker, okay? He, he's, he, he's popping shit all over the place. And, and I'm so proud of him. He is uh, somebody that has inspired me since, even though I was an adult, he's inspired me since he was 13, 14 years old. And I've told him that, you know, it, it, we, go, we go way back, okay? The, He's 21 now. We got to have a drink together in Vegas last year. So it's it's been pretty cool. It's like, um, how would I say? This network that we have with uh, listeners of the church of what's happening now, it's more than a network. It's a family. You know, we get to see each other every every couple months, every couple years. Eventually in time, you know, I got to meet Miss Cleo couple years back and i had met her through twitter uh she was a huge fan and when i say network i'm talking about the joey diaz church of what's happening now network you know because i have a lot of friends that i've met through uh being a listener of joey diaz so i was on the podcast of um the the cassius morris show episode 178 so this is what you're gonna hear you're gonna hear episode 178 i'm just doing a little intro and I'm going to leave Cash's intro because I like hearing nice things about myself, of course. Who doesn't, right? Um, no, but he's such a such a sweetheart, such a great guy. Um, he's always treated Lizzie and I like, like a full gentleman. Such a great guy. Him and his dad as well. So shout out to Drew, his dad. Such a cool dude as well. Okay? <clears throat> so I'm excited to re-upload this episode. Please go check out his show. Check out the Cassius Morris show. Okay. And I got some more episodes. 
I'm trying to think of what I was going to say originally. Sorry, I'm stumbling, but I don't edit this shit, and I don't want to redo it. But, oh, yes, yes, sorry. I just did the the Cobra Cast podcast with Bobby Sharon yesterday, so I'm going to be re-uploading that one as well. We originally planned it as uh, we're just going to do, uh, I was just going to do his podcast, but last minute, man, it, the best thing about doing podcasts with with friends in the network, unofficial network, is that we're cross-promoting within our listeners, so all right so i got cut off i just got done saying i don't edit this podcast and now it's gonna seem like i edited a big chunk no i was blabbing for like four minutes and i looked down my shit was not recording i don't know what happened so pretty much what i was saying about the network is it's it's an unofficial network we all met through podcasts through the internet and especially Mostly, I would say, through listening to the Church of What's Happening Now with Uncle Joey Diaz. I met Bobby, Scott Wharton, um, Cassius. I met most of a, a lot of my friends, and I would I would say most of them through that. So that's why I, I love this family so much. It's more than a network to me. And I met a lot of great people. I met Miss Cleo that lives in the Netherlands, and she has her podcast talk to Cleo, you know, my, my buddy Chabo 101. So it's all about promoting each other. I, I'm not about, oh, you got to pay me or you got to be cool with this person and then I'll promote your show. No, it's, I just, this is why I love Swapcast. Even if it's not an official Swapcast, if I'm re-uploading it, it's because I want you to go to their, sh- to the, the person that I was a guest on and I want you to go check out their show. Check out their podcasts, all their interesting guests that they have on and and follow them on social media, become friends with them. I have a lot of my friends, David Nunez, Chavo, um, uh, 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 Grandpa Nicotine, who's I've never seen his, I've never seen Grandpa Nicotine's face. I just have him as a friend on Twitter and he's always promoting the hell out of the show. He listens to all my buddies podcasts as well. You know, my, my buddy Grumzilla with Flashback with the Homies, you know. So, um, yeah, it's all about promoting each other, helping each other out, and coming up. Coming up here and putting content out. So that's why I really want you to go check out my friend Cassius Morris. The Cassius Morris Show. He's been doing this for a very long time, okay. He was 13 years old when he started. Um, I could be wrong. Could have been 12. But, like I said, I, I've been inspired by him ever since. So, uh, also, check out uh, the homie that's always promoting the show as well. Uh, my friend Alyssa Harder. She's from the Bombtastic podcast. And she also has her products. She's from Canada as well. And she has her products on Instagram. Go to Bombtastic604. And you can check out her products online she has bath bombs custom made she can make them custom made and send them to you okay oh she's also from august august 18th she had me and her shared birthdays okay what what you know about that and andy sandberg what you know about that huh lizzie shares her birthday with madonna yep and the day elvis died so there you go august 16th elvis presley 
dead. The Keen. But guess what? I think Lizzie has way more celebrities on August 16th. We, we did a read-off one time, and all I had was Andy Samberg. That's all I had. So, by the way, check out Andy Samberg's new movie, Palm Springs, on Hulu. Great fucking movie. It's a time loop movie, like Groundhog Day. So, I know, if you're a big Groundhog Day, you might think, like, oh, fuck that. It's a rip-off. I, I get it. But there's a lot of good ones. If you could be creative and come up with some new angle on the time loop, you know, it's worth it. So, yeah, it's a good movie. Palm Springs with Andy Samberg, August 18th, our birthdays. Yeah. What's up? All right. That's the intro, guys. Just a little short intro for you. Thank you, guys. Everybody has been retweeting, taking screenshots of the podcast and reposting it. I appreciate appreciate all of you guys. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. Everybody has taken the time to... Uh, do that and also if you send us a voicemail, you know, you could do it through anchor You could just go through my Instagram and click on the The bio link on anchoring you could leave us a voicemail Talk about a recent episode. I don't care if you dude if you've left the message before do it again If you've done it two times do it again. I want to post your voice message so big shout out to my buddy Isa uh Nunez, Che Rollins, we all love big titties. We all do. And you notice, man. All right, let's start the podcast. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm over here just cleaning house. I'm going through some crates and some, you know, those plastic crates you buy at Walmart. And you just throw shit in and you think... I'll go through it one day. Well, here I am finally going through it. And I'm getting rid of so much shit. No more hoarding, guys. No more. Say no. Okay? Listen to a podcast and clean your fucking house. Okay? Listen to... How about you play this podcast while you get rid of a crate in your house? Clean your fucking house. Get rid of shit. Stop hoarding shit you don't need. All right, that's my cue. I got to go. Enjoy the show, guys. Love you. Peace. Oh, shout out to uh, Westwoods, my homie. Always giving us a shout out when he's listening to the podcast. Thank you. Enjoy the Cassius Morris Show. What's happening, my friends? It's the Cassius Morris Show. Thank you for tuning in for episode number 178. We have a tremendous guest on the podcast today. Really happy to have him back on. None other than the one and only Freddie Correa, a wonderful comedian from Las Vegas, Nevada. He lives in Las Vegas, Nevada currently. And for anybody who missed it, I actually got to meet up with Freddie and his wife, Lizzie, Shout out to the Correas over in Las Vegas, and we did a swap cast, which is essentially both of our podcasts combining for a collaboration, and it was so much fun just to get to meet him. So basically, this podcast is a follow-up and sort of talking about what it's been like for the both of us since we last linked up in November back in Vegas, because that was before 
all this crazy virus stuff went on and all that. We don't spend the podcast harping on the virus because that's no fun. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to listen to that. But, you know, we just talk about all types of stuff, including some of the behind the scenes things that happened on my Vegas trip. I didn't talk about all of the details um, about what went down when I went there. I did meet up on sort of a blind date uh, with a girl out there. So I did tell Freddie about that. I usually don't talk too personal on the show, but I figured I'd open up a little bit. So crack a cold beer, grab yourself a little something to smoke, and enjoy this programming. Ladies and gentlemen, Freddie Correa on the Cassius Morris Show. Freddie Correa, my man, how you doing? Good. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. I appreciate you taking the time. It's good to connect with you again. You've been going hard, man. I've been seeing you posting tons of podcasts on Thanks for the Invite. Yeah, it's uh, using a new software for it, so it makes it super easy. Um, do it on the fly, man. It's, dude, editing anybody that podcasts, unless you like editing, will tell you that the worst part about podcasting is the is the back end editing, compressing, and then uploading. And I don't yeah. mean editing by cutting. I don't edit. I always put it raw. But putting, let's say, your intro, and then the middle part, and then the music, that's what I mean by editing. But it's all easy now. You could do that shit on your phone with an app. So that's true. Yeah. And, and I think doing it on something like zoom, I mean, I'm here doing the live cutaways right now. So that uh, takes down my post-production time by an hour and a half, two hours at least. So yeah. there's definitely ways to do it. And I see you with the live stuff. Uh, before yeah. we get into this, I, w- I want to get everybody who's listening because, because we're, we're doing this at a reasonable hour here. We're going to have a drink all together. If you're drinking, um, yeah. my man, Freddie, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Irish whiskey. Um, I was too cheap to go with Jameson, so I went with Costco. <laughs> and hey bro, man, it's it probably tastes better. Just as, yeah, it tastes just as good, or if not better. Um, Absolutely. Uh, if you get the vodka from Costco, it tastes even better than Grey Goose. So, this and I hear true. I hear it's made in the same distillery. And then I'm drinking myself. Ah, oh, fuck! I thought I got mango. I got lemon white claw. <laughs> lemon yeah, white drink- claw. Yeah, I'm drinking Lizzie's drinks because I'm out of beer. But uh, pretty soon she'll she'll get home and uh, I asked her if she could pick up a 12 pack or something. She's getting some dinner for us. So dinner and drinks, man, you're boring. yeah. I'm spoiled tonight, bro. It's Friday. It's been a long week. Absolutely, you deserve it, man. Well, I'm gonna toast yeah. you with a little bit of Jack Daniels. I went to the yeah. liquor store and picked up a little bottle of Jack just to commemorate this. All right. Yeah, man. So cool, let's see if bro. I can just down it straight out of this because I don't have a shot glass. So I'm going to try to do it like the, the it's Ozzy hard Osbourne from, way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it is hard from a little bottle. You've tried it. It I'm is sure. hard. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the one thing I love about Vegas. Every time we went to buy two beers because it was me and my dad, they'd be like, oh, yeah. two beers, you get a free shot. Now we were like, fuck, we're so drunk already. <laughs> we're like, please just keep it. But we'll pay you to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's deal. true. <laughs> they get you one shot. Yeah, that is true. You get two tall cans, right? Yeah. yeah, man. I fucking love that. But we're going to get into that. So first, I'm going to toast you. Cheers, my friend. Cheers to everybody around the world. Cheers. Woo! A little margarita mix, a little chase. Nice. Never hurt nobody. How's your dad doing, man? My dad's doing good, man. He's, uh, he's still working. He's considered yeah. an essential enforcement worker, so he's out there doing his thing. Absolutely. And yeah, here, here there was a weird thing because we don't have a huge homeless population here. 
So, and I know you guys don't really in Vegas either, actually, um, but definitely compared to any U.S. city, we don't. So um, when the crazy lockdown stuff happened, they had an expo center, which is usually used for big conventions like Comic-Con type stuff. And they said all the homeless people could stay there, mm-hmm. but they weren't searching anybody. They weren't testing anybody to see if they had the virus. They were letting them do drugs on site and it basically became a fucking cesspool. So my dad was working in there for a while. So it was a little nerve wracking, man, but um, definitely glad that that part's over and that things are starting to gradually open up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Little by little, huh? Are they opening up over there? What's it like in Vegas right now? Yeah, it's opening up little by little. Actually, today uh, at lunch with a co-worker, I, I went to a Thai restaurant hmm. and ate inside of a restaurant for the first time since March. Wow. That must have been satisfying as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Very satisfying, especially with the whole uh, CDC news coming out that that shit's not even on surfaces this whole time we're over here. But here, here's the thing. Every, every, they keep changing it, right? It keeps fucking yeah. changing. But at least peace of mind in my head, maybe it's just um, placebo or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's the correct word, but I was like... I'm going to lick the fucking counter. You know, like, I, I'm like, fuck <laughs> yeah. it. Who gives a fuck? I feel so free now to do what I fucking want. <laughs> yeah. At first I'm thinking what a restaurant's going to do. No one's going to want to eat from a silverware that's been in someone else's mouth. You know? No, <laughs> I was thinking they were going to use disposables, but dude, it was fucking great. I felt like I was in Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just in a restaurant. I love that. Just in a restaurant eating some curry, you know, <laughs> <laughs> curry land. Yeah. And, and what they did is they separate. We, me and my coworker, we sat in a booth and then the next booth is, it's not usable. And then the next mm. booth is, and they just put menus. And so they can't have full capacity yet, but it just feels good, dude. It feels like we're coming out of a war, you know, yeah. like some giant world war three or world war two, whatever. And, and people like things are somehow coming back to normal, but I know it's still, we still have a long way, but it was like a glimpse. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. No, I think that's totally cool. My my thing with the restaurants is this, like, first of all, I was never okay with using silverware that was in somebody else's mouth. And if, if if it's never crossed your mind once, (laughs) I think there's an issue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel you, man. (laughs) It's crazy. Like it's, especially having worked in restaurants, like when you start to see that shit, like, I don't know if you've you've ever worked in restaurants, but that's, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Isn't it? Oh yeah, dude. I dude, that shit. I used to be a, my first job was a busboy and I used to pick up all the nasty silverware and throw it in a, we used to call it a bus tub, throw it in a dirty bus tub with dirty liquids of everybody's juices and food. And then they throw it into another container that has little holes in it and they just get sprayed down with soap and water. (laughs) And how many times have you had a customer say there's shit on my silverware? Can I get a new, cause it doesn't really clean it that good. No. No. And it's been in people's mouths, dude. It would just spray down. Yeah. So I remember when I was a kid, you know, um, I grew up, I can't say too poor because my mom was a hard worker, but it was a single mom. But I did use secondhand clothes from time to time. Mm-hmm. And kids used to make fun of that shit. But it did cross my mind. I'm like, people that refuse to use secondhand clothes or secondhand furniture 
but yet they'll go to a fancy restaurant and use a silverware that's been into someone's mm. mouth. Who, who, who knows how many cocks they've had in their mouth? <laughs> but you, How many open sores <laughs> are on their fucking lip? <laughs> but you'll put that shit in your mouth. You know, it's just so stupid. <laughs> Seriously, man, that's the thing. Like, it's so crazy. So, like, that's, that's the, the, the one thing. And then the second thing is when I'm at a restaurant, the one thing that pisses me off is people fucking being too close and looking at me, man. Like, yeah. it's, it's annoying when I'm around too many people. So I'm like, wait a second, you're telling me I'm going to go to a restaurant, it's going to be extra clean, and you can keep people away from me? I'm like, I'm in fucking heaven right now. I mean, I don't even yeah. know what more I could ask for. So yeah. I'm actually looking forward to So in Vegas, are, are the servers wearing masks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're wearing masks. It, but it was funny. It's like, um, it is so cool that it's so fresh on my mind, uh, and, and we're talking about it because... I was, I, I observe a lot. I, I'm mm -hmm. a people, I people watch a lot. That's one of, that's like nat, nat, naturally, that's what I do. Yeah. So I'm observing the, the waiter and the waitress, uh, amazing service. I think out of this, I think service is going to increase by a fucking zillion because mm -hmm. everybody needs customers and they're going to tell their workers, you better treat them fucking good. You know, that's true. it's not time to be a fucking dick right now. You need customers. So number one, the service was fucking great. Um, but it's funny to me that uh, they're wearing like one glove, like Michael Jackson and the other one's free. All really? the servers and the waitress. Yeah. They were all like one glove. I don't know if that's the policy. Why one they, glove? Yeah. I don't know. Cause they were grabbing stuff with one thing, but they were grabbing shit with both hands. So I'm like, why are you just wearing one glove? And, and then another weird thing to me was, uh, um, they're wearing one glove. They're, they're, they're using the same hand to serve. Sorry, Chico's barking. They're okay. using the same hand to serve, uh, uh, to, to lay down the, the silverware. The same hand that they grabbed to grab the cash for the payment and left right. with it. It's like, did they swap out the glove? Because <laughs> it's all the same stuff that's on the glove when you're touching it. Exactly. That, and that's the thing I don't get about people. People think that gloves are going to protect them, but then they're touching their face. You're just transferring shit from there to here, you know? Right. That, that's, yeah. I even saw the guys from the CDC and stuff and like the main doctors say that gloves are, can, be more, can be a bit of an issue because especially when you're wearing a mask, they say that wearing a mask makes you touch your face more. And then you uh -huh. have a glove full of shit that could have maybe been washed off with sanitizer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think from the beginning, the main thing that I was concerned was, and we, this is from the beginning, the thing that, can you take Chico over there, baby? Sorry. Um, from the beginning, when we're kids, what's the thing we learn about? When somebody coughs, there's shit that's released into the air, droplets, right? Right. So that's the main way it was transferred, and it has been transferred, the whole virus. It's not so much from touching stuff and putting, but however, I'm like you. I've always been also, I don't know, I don't know to what extent, but I've always been a germaphobe. So I always wash, I wash my hands constantly already. Dude, when I'm traveling and shit, especially like always, mm -hmm. I, I remember when we all went out for fucking dinner, like we all went and washed our hands before eating just because that's, I thought that's what we do. Mm -hmm. We as in people, because I thought that it's just common yeah. knowledge that when you're in a big area, it's going to be fucking dirty. Yeah. It's crazy. Since we're, since we're kids, I remember doing that. Yeah, since I was a kid, like you said, when you're somewhere, don't you touch money? Wash your hands. Don't don't. Money's don't dirty. Your, yeah, yeah. I, money's I, I dirty. Feel like I was the only person who was taught that money's dirty in this fucking. Yeah. World. Thank God somebody else realizes it. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah, it's it's like a spanking. We all got spanked. We all got grounded, and I think we're all gonna learn. Hey, babe, you want this one? 
What up, Lizzie? Shout out Lizzie Correa. Kasha says shout out to Lizzie Correa. So hey, say, pop in and say say hi real quick. So I'm I'm gonna give her the the lemon the lemon white claw since she already brought me. Uh, oh okay, she's bringing the food since she already brought me some. So I'm gonna switch it up, guys. I'm switching it up to Coors Light. Hey, and, okay, and with you, carib. Yeah, and you yes, carib. Oh, that beer looks good. You said it's Caribbean. Yeah, it's literally called Carib and a premium Caribbean lager right there. Nice. So, so, you, so this one, you guys have Coors Light up there? We do. You know about the mountains, right? Yeah, if it's, if it's blue, it's, it's, it's cold approved, right? Yeah, it's cold approved, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, man. So your, yours looks good and ready. I can see it from across the country. So it's damn, yeah. damn cold. Yeah, it's ready to go. Here Cheers, we go. Buddy. Ooh, that's good, bro. Yeah, man. But yeah, it felt good. Felt good going and uh and the whole uh observation. It's like, you know, you gotta pretend. Pretend you're doing some pretend you're being you're following procedure and things will be okay. Um, I think restaurants, as long as they wear the masks, you know, don't be an ass. Like look, I carry my mask in my pocket uh for uh, for comfort for people around me. Right. Um and if I'm around too many people, I'll do it for myself too. But it's mostly out of courtesy. Why be an asshole, you know? I sort of see that, especially because like, I'm definitely not in as, as large of a metropolitan type of area, sort, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been sort of just limited to like smaller stores and stuff. And even when I'm there, I sort of feel like, am I like, like when I walk past an old man wearing a mask so that he doesn't transmit it to me, I'm like, should I be wearing it? And I'm not saying I've never worn it, but it just, it sort of does feel like that because there is an element of people feeling comfortable that helps. And I'm, you know, I'm never the type of guy to baby any situation or to fucking like, that's really not me. But when there's something that's affecting the whole world, I sort of get it. You know, I get what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not going to go too too much on the pandemic stuff, but it is funny to think like the last time we were in, I was out there in Vegas, we were hanging out, and I feel like Vegas was like in its golden era in recent <sighs> times right before this, man. It's crazy yeah. to think that we'd be talking about gloves and mask techniques a couple months later. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what, what date was it when you came? Uh, what I month? I came out, it was November 17th. November. Why, I don't know why it seems that you were out here even soon. I, I was thinking it was like January or something, but... Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah November, dude. Time's I'm, been flying, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right now when you when we took the shot, it gave it it gave me flashbacks of uh, when when we were, we went to have dinner, we did the podcast at the Venezuelan spot, mm-hmm. and we had some arepas, and and then I'm like, hey, I told you and your dad, you guys want to go to LA Comedy Club, have a drink, hang out. Yeah. And I think the show was ending or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just had some drinks with uh, your dad and, and then the other, the other Drew, the general manager. That's and, right. And we're just doing we're doing some shots. I think after the show we closed the doors and I think we were doing karaoke or something, right? Yeah, every everybody was up there doing karaoke, and that was the first time yeah. I actually got to meet uh, Butch Bradley, the comedian who was there. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I remember you, you met Butch right there, and then you had him on the podcast, which was awesome. I did, and super super cool guy, like. Oh, yeah. it, it was uh, it was really good to get to meet him and everybody who, who runs that club. Like definitely if anybody's who's never heard of L.A. Comedy Club is inside the stratosphere or the strat, they call it now at the yeah. in Las Vegas. 
and it's a nice, small, intimate comedy club. So if you guys want to go see a comedy show in Vegas that's intimate, that's not like a theater show, that's the spot. But Freddie, you're, you're, you're like an in-house MC there, are you? Or Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm a regular there. And uh, my regular night is uh, Tuesday nights at 8. And then throughout the week, two different spots uh, whenever I get booked there. And yeah, it's to LA comedy club is my home club. That's where I like, you know, I did my first year of comedy in Reno, but I've been more of a Vegas comic than I was in Reno at this point, more, way more years in Vegas. So that this is where I've been growing. I've been nurtured and, and and just learning, you know? So, yeah, man, that's insane. So where did you do the show with Joey Diaz recently? Was that at the, at treasure Island? Um, yeah, that was a treasure Island dude. Um, okay. One of the last shows I know I, I try not to talk about the pandemic that much either. Cause it's, it's over everybody's it's all over your place, but it's not, uh, yeah. You have to mention it to a degree, but yeah, I don't want to harp on it, you know? Yeah, exactly. But it was right before everything fucking blew over. And here's the thing. Um, the week prior to Joey coming, uh, I had a bad cough. I'm not going to say, Oh, I had the Corona flu at that <laughs> time, but I had a cough and I'm thinking, I've been waiting for this for over a year since Joy. Last time when Joy came the year before, he's like, "Every time you come to Vegas, you know, uh, you're gonna be on the show." So um, I was preparing to do a a little spot, and um, I wouldn't even say I opened for him. I was just doing a spot. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it was just a a spot. It's different than opening. Opening means you got hired to to go on the road and open that's there's a huge difference so right but you know as a comic i respect the 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 term opening for somebody so you were on so, the show so to speak exactly okay so so um so he invited me to do a spot i he told me to prepare 10 minutes and all year i've been thinking it like it's been always on my mind you know mm-hmm. and it's not the first time this is like the third time i worked with him so it's like um I was really nervous because I've never done a theater. Like, right. how many I, people are in that theater? I would have to Google it, bro. Um, over a thousand? I think it's over a thousand. Okay, yeah. so we're probably it, talking fifteen hundred to two thousand. Yeah, or or maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred, something like that. It's okay. it, it's a huge theater, mm-hmm. um, and it's one of the Circus Olay theaters. Oh yeah, those are nice. And so there's a giant screen above you. Because so, it's far enough where you need a screen to see somebody if you're sitting way in the back. Right. And people are actually staring at the screen instead of uh, uh, the, the little figure, you know, a little comic down there in the stage. But um, that's crazy. It was it was amazing, man. I I, uh, I I let my friends know. I had a bunch of friends that went, and it was it was surreal, bro. Um, to do a show with Joey like that, and at that magnitude. The, at, to this date, this is the biggest audience I perform in front of. Before that, it was in San Jose at the Sharks, the the, the hockey team, the Sharks Arena. Oh wow! It was, it was like uh, with my buddy Chris Thorin. He he had me do a spot also. Uh, that was like a charity uh, fundraiser type of thing. Right. So it was a lot of local officials and all. But that to me, that was the biggest one. That was like five hundred people, dude. So right. Joey's show was amazing, bro. You basically like triple your biggest and then you're also with with uncle joey i mean somebody that we all yeah. know and love man like so yeah. did you get did you get much interaction with him or did you get to talk with him that night absolutely uh yeah it's so i got to the club the club the, the theater first lizzie and i mm-hmm. 
and we're in the green room we we go to the door and i'm like hey i'm on the show and they're like are you really I'm like yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm doing a spot tonight and they're like okay so then they introduced me to a stage manager they're all very super um like the hospitality it's amazing they yeah. take us back there there's food there's salami cheese bread it's like platters of like drinks like a doctor <laughs> oh yeah dude and, and this circus Soleil green room is amazing dude um they have a pool table in there they have exercise equipment a wow. bunch of couches it's it's like a game room it's super cool and um so we're chilling there lizzie and i and i'm just you know my hands are all sweaty <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't blame I been, you, dude. I have been pumping myself up on the way over there all day at work. And I'm nervous as fuck. But I, all I know about nerves is that you're not really going to get rid of them. You just got to learn to live with them mm-hmm. and, 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 and fake it. Here's, here's one thing I, I, I've learned. You got to not show it because it's, it's contact. It's like contact high. If you're all nervous, comics don't like that, that, that energy. Mm, if you're yeah, nervous, comics even. Yeah, comics. Yeah, there's some wow. comics that are confident as fuck. God bless them. Thank you. I wish I I had that. But this is what I love about Joey. Joey's like that too. He talked the episode after we did the show. He talked about his nerves. He was pacing back and forth mm. in the Treasure Island Tower with nerves, and and then. Out here I am in the green room, not knowing that the last two hours Joey has been fucking having panic attacks and shit. Seriously, <laughs> you're like Joey's probably eating fucking twenty edibles, living it up, you know? Yeah, dude. And so all of a sudden, I hear from afar coming in, the elevator opens up, and I hear Dean Del Rey and Joey talking. The stage manager, I hear ruckus, laughs, and this whole time Joey said on his podcast he was nervous, but wow. here comes Joey. Does he act nervous? Fuck no. Mm. He's acting like a fucking doctor, you know, like he knows what the fuck he's doing. You know, yeah. he's not showing it. So that calmed me down. Right. To see him and Dean Del Rey interact, he says, what's up to me? He says, what's up to Lizzie? And uh, uh, I brought some gifts to Joey. Here I am talking. All of a sudden, the nerves, fuck it. It went away. I it forgot went about away. it. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about it. So just like, just as much as contact nerves, could affect people i think uh calm and tranquility can affect other people as well i think you spread that as well that Mm. makes a lot of sense and that's so funny because you you were calmed by the energy of joey that he was deciding to put out but he was arguably more nervous and panicked than you yeah yeah that's crazy man so i guess you can also i guess you can also affect the output of that and i think that in theory if you get the other person comfortable maybe it'll help you yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. really interesting. Man. And, and, and also, uh, another thing I was doing, one of my strategies that week, I, I mentioned I, was, I had a cough, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want Joey to freak out. This is when you were barely hearing of the pandemic shit. I don't want him to freak out, and then I, wanna, I don't want to scare him that I'm sick. I had already pretty much kind of recovered, but I was still coughing here and there. So I had a shitload of cough drops in my pocket. So as soon as I felt some little cough coming, I'm like... You know, <laughs> I need a little bit of sweet, moisturize the throat, cough is gone. So it kept me going. A um, drop per cough. Yeah. <laughs> and it helps with your throat. You know, when you're going to go out there on stage and you need something sweet, some honey, some tea, something. Uh, yeah. But yeah, bro. Um, so 
seconds here we are now behind the curtain right mm -hmm. and i'm still chilling now now we moved from the green room we went through this hallway elevator now we're walking through this giant fucking ceiling because it's circus ole you gotta have giant high ceilings right for these fucking people to do all their whatever the flips and all that shit they do that's my right. mom in the back um Hi, so <laughs> so um i'm looking around like in awe i'm like so where do we come out i'm asking the stage manager she's like over there and i'm like all the way over there and it's like like 30 steps to get to the middle of the stage it's such a big stage Damn. and then i'm gonna actually i actually have to break through these giant fucking curtains so here we go 30 seconds left I'm still talking to Joey. We're just having a regular conversation. Stage manager's like, okay, 10 seconds. All right. So now I'm walking over. I'll take a drink. Okay. No, I think I need another drink. Okay. <laughs> one more drink. I got to wipe my mouth. Like all these little ticks are going through, right? Yeah. And here it is. Joey grabs the mic, the cordless mic, and he introduces me, you know? And wow. at this point I hit record because I always record my audio. Mm -hmm. So forever I'm going to Smart man. That. Yeah. Yeah. Forever I'm going to have that, like joy bringing me out on stage wow uh saying here comes one of my buddies a bad motherfucker and he gives it up give it up for freddie korea and then i go in there i walk out roar and you know they don't know who the fuck i am and and one of the things about opening for here i'm saying the word opening but one of the things about doing the show <laughs> it's, no, I know it's, what you mean. it's a habit it's a habit but one but i do it out of respect i don't like to say opening out of respect but one oh, thing's um, uh, about doing a show with somebody that has a huge following like that. When, when, you, when you do a show at a comedy club, they're just going to laugh. They don't know who the fuck's performing unless it's like a bringer. Not a bringer. Um, uh, 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 somebody has pull like a Louis C.K. Or like, like if you go to a cellar, uh, the comedy store. But if you yeah. go to like a regular comedy club, you're just going to laugh. You know their comics. Who, who are they? I don't give a fuck. I just want to laugh. Yeah. It's a different experience when you when you do a show with someone that brings everybody in the audience because they are who they are. Right. From their okay. show or their acting or whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. So the everybody's there. They're not there to see me. They're there to see Joey. Mm -hmm. So that means that, and Seinfeld said this, you got like 30 seconds of grace, mm -hmm. maybe even less. Like Seinfeld even said, you could be as famous as fuck. He didn't say fuck, <laughs> but that's only going to buy you like 20 seconds, 30 seconds. After that, you need to prove yourself that you're funny. Right. Because that, if you start sucking, dude, you heard the horror stories, like people that do shows with dice and then oh. it, it, they're like, fuck you, bring out dice, bring out dice, you know, because <laughs> if you suck, you, you, you know, they're pissed. They want to see the, who they came to see. So here I am, bro. I bust out and I had a great fucking time. And it's, it's an experience that I'm always going to remember no matter what happens in the future. You know, it's, it's amazing. Out of, out of all the other three times I've, I've done shows with Joey, I've done it in Reno at the South Point. This was uh, unforgettable, bro. Unforgettable. So That's insane, man. Wow. Well, I'm so happy for you, dude. Yeah. Like, it's, it's incredible to see... <clears throat> you and all these other guys like i always try to say whenever i have somebody from the church or or this community on like just how yeah. how far people are really going for it dude and how far this is really taking people yeah um any plans to what are your next plans in terms of actually, actually i was gonna say see i'm I'm thinking in normal 
life because I'm talking to you and it's bringing me to the past. I was going to say travel plans for comedy, but that's yeah. obviously not not in the cards. So I guess let me ask you this. What are you doing to stay sharp during this time when it comes to comedy? Uh, <laughs> not a goddamn thing. <laughs> not a goddamn You're like, dude, I'm just fucking funny as fuck, man. Fuck you. Dude, I think I've been doing more stand-up in my dreams. I've been having a lot of dreams about stand-up. Really? Going up on stage, doing jokes, sometimes, love you, ma. <laughs> um, doing jokes, uh, like brand new jokes. I, ha I have dreams of doing a set list and forgetting my set list. Mm. But so not until recently, bro, it was like a little wake up call. I'm like, fuck, it's been two months. I haven't wrote, you know, and, yeah. and one of my fears is uh, everybody's going to talk about this just so. I, I've been focusing again on some of my old bits, getting them back out. So just writing, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I think when we, when we're about to open up, I need to go back and listen to my audio mm -hmm. and, um, and I might have to do what I used to do back in the day. I used to rehearse. I used to say it out loud and I haven't done that in a long time, but, um, what I always do is I listen to my audio that helps me refresh my memory. But I mean, dude, it, it it's my own fault that I haven't done any writing. Right. Uh, as much writing as I should, because I have been writing again. Um, but it's because everything got taken away, right? Like my my routine was to go to the gym, uh, or or do some kind of cardio or lifting weights, and for some reason that helps me with my anxiety, mm -hmm. my my any kind of depression, and, and and then my my routine is when I go sit in the hot tub, even if it's just my legs. Mm. No headphones, not listen to music, no podcasts, just me and my mind, my thoughts, that or the sauna. And that's why I work out my bits. Okay. Kind of so like you meditate. You, you meditate, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I need to get back into those routines and figure out a different way. It's, it's almost like we've been on vacation, but I took advantage of it. It went a little too long and now it's time to, especially now that I went to a fucking restaurant, it's a wake up call. Oh shit. Things are somehow getting back to normal some i mean caesars is opening up some casinos are opening up so right the strat is about to open up they just released yeah. a statement of uh I, I shared it on my facebook so yeah man that's what i, I guess that's what i've been doing um a lot, a lot of funny shit has happened so that's that shit that has happened i need to apply it to comedy stories you know definitely i just man. i'm just a every comic's afraid of this uh not everyone. If you like being a hack, you're not afraid of it. But <laughs> yeah. every every comic's afraid of being a hack or being mm -hmm. called a hack. Every good comic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then some, I think, make a living off it. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I don't I don't want to go out there and do what everybody else is doing. So you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that totally makes sense, man. And and that's that's dope to have you come on here and and be candid about it because it'd be so easy to say, yeah, I wrote my next two specials and fucking have nothing in the vault. And I, obviously, I don't take you as that kind of guy. But, you know, it's it, it's dope to hear all the perspectives because I think people are really wondering what are comedians doing to get through this and like w what it's going to be like type of thing. It's let me ask you this as a comic. What are your thoughts on people who are doing shows like live stream shows without audiences and stuff like that? And uh, what, what what's your take on it? And do you think it could last past this when things open up? You know, um, I've shit on it quite a bit, but I, I do respect uh, the desire, I, I have shit on it. I'm not going to lie. I have shit and clown on it. But 
when it comes down to it, somebody, they, you know, we need an outlet. Comedians, whether you know you're a comic or not, whether you're thinking of doing comedy, you need an outlet to express your funny, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's their way, that so be it. Um, me for myself, I, I to me that's not stand up for in my it's not my cup of tea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I praise them for what they're doing. I now having said I do shit on it because it looks ridiculous just for <laughs> for people to just rant. It's like instead of doing that, do a fucking podcast or or do like a podcast <laughs> with someone else and just just have a conversation. That's just gonna be funnier because it's gonna be natural. But to do a a prepared bit like a written bit just mm-hmm. with a camera it, have you ever heard uh, a comedian do bits on the podcast like slip them in i've heard something similar to that like when they do the opening and i'm like i was like are you trying to do a bit yeah you've heard <laughs> rogan call out comics even if they're their yeah. friends are you doing a bit right now yeah it just sounds so cheesy it sounds it like, oh, there's definitely that. something to that. And that's what it feels like. Yeah, it doesn't no. feel natural. And the, the, the point of going on stage and making people laugh is that it sounds natural because it sounds like you're improvising it when you're really you've done it before. Hmm. Yeah, even no, though that's... even though you could be sorry to cut you off, but even no, though no. you've done even though you've done it before every time you do it it's a little different like joey every time joey goes on stage he does it differently but but it's something that's been done before something that's been premeditated um but to just do it on camera it just feels weird but i praise them though i give them props mad respect for that tell you that yeah you know that makes sense i mean they're they're trying to get out there so i I sort of see both sides of the aisle but again it's it's not the same as regular stand-up. And, you know, I was trying to see it with an open mind, and I, I still am because I, I see, you know, people watching stand-up specials um, at their house. And they're, even though they're watching a comic perform in front of an audience, mm-hmm. they're still just watching a comic in their house and there's nobody around them. So yeah. I was like, maybe there's a way to expand that and do it without an audience in the video. You know what I mean? But, yeah, it's sort of a double-edged sword. But yeah. Uh, the, the things that I've been liking is like Jeff Ross going on. He's doing Instagram roasts. I don't know if you saw that. No, I haven't. That's interesting. That's yeah. yeah that's he's cool. having people call in on Instagram and, and he's roasting them live to try to stay sharp. So I think it's kind of cool to see what comics are doing to try to, to go in there. But I have seen you going crazy on the, um, with the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's my outlet right now. Um, yeah, man. That's one of my outlets. I've been putting more episodes out kind of documenting what's going on and everything, but I've been laying off of the whole thing already quite a bit, but um, I'm going to start serving myself another shot. I'll serve you. I'll serve you one too, if you like. Please, please. <laughs> I got my beer rocking and rolling, brand new one. But, um, <laughs> you know, he, here's the thing. This is also because I don't, you know, I don't want to sound, even though I am being disrespectful when I say I'm clowning on it, but think about it though. But it's I don't your blame, opinion. Right. It's my opinion that it's not for me. Uh, but when I see my friends do it, this, I'll put it like this. Comics hate bombing. I hate bombing. 
but comics love seeing their friends bomb. <laughs> you see okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like mad respect for doing it, but it, I enjoy watching it. Like the uncom- how uncomfortable <laughs> it is. I'll watch a couple seconds of it and then go to something else. But it, it, I enjoy it. <laughs> it's cool. <Right. laughs> but but here's the thing though. A lot of these guys on stage, they're way fun. A lot of them are way funnier way funnier way more talented than me and if they're doing it on uh, on camera through zoom to make people laugh that's why i say mad props to them because at, at the same time um a lot of them this is their full-time job remember when we did the swap cast we talked about that mm-hmm. some comics do this full-time so right now they have no income so they're getting paid through that so yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah make make your money make that money um, I'm a very, I'm very fortunate that I still have my day job and, and I'm considered essential, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so that's why, like, I, I can't, I can't knock him for that. You know, I can't yeah. knock him for that at all. No, no, and that that's legitimate too, because there's definitely a lane for it. And I guess it, it's just not for you, but it's definitely could be for somebody. So that's to- totally mm-hmm. fair. Let me ask yeah. you this, going back to the, the regular days there must be a lot of crazy stuff that goes on in vegas um in terms of like going out and just hitting the scene do you have like any craziest experience of something that's randomly happened to you like maybe on the strip or on fremont oh like not in comedy just like um it could be in comedy but it could not be okay oh well i mean yeah vegas is very interesting like i said i like to people watch so i'll tell you something like just recently i saw um, um, I was, I was fueling up my, my, my vehicle and I see, uh, a lady of the night <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it, well, it was during the daytime around noon and I you see knew this, she was of the night. Yeah. She was of the night. Let's she was real. definitely on a, yeah, she was of the night. Yeah. And, and they're, they've been out there. They haven't stopped. They're out there. They're doing <laughs> oh, really? their thing. They, that has not stopped. Mm. And, and as, as a lot of people think it's legal in Vegas, it's not legal in Clark County. So it's not legal in Vegas. It's legal in only two counties in Nevada. So right. it's legal in, in the city of Pahrump and um, Lyon County up north where the, so prostitution is not legal right. in Vegas. So, but it's, they've been going at it. They're still working. Maybe they've been doing better. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Maybe. People are at home. Yeah. Yeah. Single. Because I mean, yeah, I think I think I think so. Um, they're out there. They're working, and I see this dude in a bicycle hit on one, hmm. and then he's like waving. I took a picture of. It. I'll I'll text it to you in a little bit. <laughs> but uh, he's all like pointing over here, over there, and I'm thinking, I wonder if like, you know, because you never know. I also see a lot of people like the cops hang out around that area, so you never know which one's on the cover, right? Hmm. And I'm like, this guy's in a bike. And she's willing to like walk with him. Like, how are they gonna arrest him if like like is if the deal's made and he's on the bike and he's like, I guess that's when when the transaction's offered when you solicit that's when it's considered a, a crime, right? So they walked away and he's walking now he's walking his bike, but um she walked away with him and then on that same corner, uh not that moment but another day I saw a cop. And a and a and a hooker yelling at each other, and he's telling her, "Calm down, 
I'm just asking you a couple questions. She's like, no, you're always harassing me. You're always, I'm just over here trying to meet my friend. Listen, and, <laughs> and, and I'm like looking at it. I'm like, if she's talking to the cop, cause she was cussing him out. Right. If she's talking to the cop like that, she's a real one. <laughs> a real hooker or a real person? No. Yeah. Like she's a real hooker. A real like hooker. Like she's not undercover. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Okay. So you knew that that was out of the question. Yeah, like, okay, like, if, if I was a bystander, and if I'm out there looking, I'm going to be like, as soon as that cop leaves, I know where I'm going. You know, like, right. yeah, <laughs> that one, it's like vir virtue signaling, come and get me. Yeah, if you could put up with a couple of C-sections, <laughs> C C-sections, oh. and uh, somebody that looks like a little bit like the Michelin. Uh, <laughs> the tire man. <laughs> hey, the tire person, we got to be gender fluid. Yeah, yeah, it's hired person. Then you know, like you know where your target is, unless they were just acting. What if they were acting just to put oh, up a front? You shit. know. So, so is there that many undercovers? Is that a, a real big thing? It must be. I I think so because you know it's it's a pathway in the area where I work, uh, Tropicana by the Orleans. That's the that's the the little hooker strip for this side of town. There's about three of them in town, and um. Sorry, what was Your, that? Tropicana? No, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> By the Orleans Casino. Um, <laughs> so that little area, I always fuel up on the Arco, this little mm -hmm. gas station right across the street from the Orleans. And, and, then, and then right after that, you see a 7-Eleven. And in the 7-Eleven, you always see the cops. Mm. Like they, they, they busted somebody. You know what I mean? As soon as they get in the car, boo! You know? Right, right away. That's that's crazy. Do you, would you say that most of the the stuff like that in Vegas goes down off the strip because it it could always just be the certain days I was there in the certain areas I went to, but it seemed like all the craziness I expected to see on the strip it didn't quite happen to me, and that in a positive uh -huh. sense, it, only the craziness that I wanted happened. It seems like it almost has a, a much more dangerous reputation than it really is. Interesting. I At least in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of like gambling. You just got a different um, deck of the cards drawn, drawn to you mm. because I, there's been other people that have a whole different experience um, where they just see some crazy shit. But, um, you know, yeah, it, I don't Vegas is crazy. I, I Here's my opinion. I think from what I've seen in eight years that I lived here, I think Vegas is crazier, closer to the Strip and downtown Old Vegas mm -hmm. than outside of Vegas. And, okay. and by what I mean by that is that you have people coming from all over the world drinking and there's more chaos. Mm -hmm. So it depends how late you are out at night too. I think the trouble starts around 11 p.m., maybe midnight and between midnight and 6 a.m that's when the shit goes down you feel if something you brewing out, yeah if you hang out down the strip quite a bit you'll see fights you'll see fights just random people just knuckleheads that can't find girls they they fight other knuckleheads i've seen <laughs> fights like that i saw a fight of this little short guy fighting five no like four big dudes and he was oh. fucking up one at a time until they all piled up on him but it was like <laughs> you know <laughs> If you look up on YouTube, just type in YouTube, uh, Las Vegas fights. They're all on the strip. 
<laughs> that's true. They're all in like hotel lobbies. I was like, I thought the Paris was a nice one. <laughs> yeah, dude. Tupac jumped somebody on the fucking strip, dude. <laughs> that's true, man. Man, I was, I was so fucking obsessed walking around that hotel fucking drunk. I was like, all yeah. eyes on me, bitch. Like, this, it's like, this doesn't make you any closer to him. What do you fucking think? I always feel like a tour guide when, when I have friends and I take them to the MGM. I, I take them to the fountain where Tupac jumped the dude. Yeah. And then if we pass by Colvo and Flamingo, I always take him where he got shot. And, you know, he's, he's, yeah. he's an amazing person. But, uh, yeah, I always feel that's my tour guide. That's the only that's the only thing you can get out of me. I'll show you what Tupac. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's worth it. Yeah, it was crazy. Like I was in the in the van coming back or or I think I was headed like to the helicopter tour or back, but I realized I was on Flamingo and Koval in, in the mm. left lane and we were parked at the red light for like two and a half minutes and I was just like turning left. Yeah, and I was like, I'm glad yeah. that we were here for so long because I could have parked here and not realized this was the lane, but I was like, Yeah, it's weird, like a weird energy in that spot, man. Yeah. What what's one of your most uh memorable memorable uh moments of Vegas when you were out here? Because you were out here quite a few days, right? Whole week, man. Yeah. Seven week, days. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like meeting with you and Lizzie was one of them, dude. I mean, that shit, and I'm not just saying that. That shit was like, it definitely was the cherry on top having my dad see me do a podcast in person and stuff and having to be in a different city. Like, I think it just was a huge impact. But other than that, that, like, definitely, I think Fremont Street was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That shit was, I was just like, man, like, I was like, people aren't coming here before the strip. What? I was like, this is just as good, if not fucking maybe a little better than the strip because it almost feels like a little bit of a secret. Yeah. Most locals like, uh, Fremont, old Vegas better. Yeah, man. I love that shit, dude. Like I honestly, when I went there, like, and and people say, Oh, you go somewhere once you want to live there. I'm not that type because I've been to many places, but I definitely, I could see myself living in Vegas just because of the accessibility to Cali and then not having to deal with the Cali bullshit. Yeah. Cost of living is way lower than Cali way less taxes and and that's the thing like you mentioned people think of vegas they think of like party party uh it might be chaos off of the strip or no off of the strip it's regular life you live a regular life off of the strip if you watch any reality show um ultimate fighter uh you know they train out here you see vegas they don't even show the strip barely it's it's just a desert it's a beautiful city um beautiful homes culture yeah. everybody is from everywhere no it's not i understood one word of that so i can i can get behind cerveza <laughs> what do you got so I, she came out of her room right now my mom's staying with us she's visiting from reno and uh, she's like, this isn't a beer, right? Look what she had. Oh, my. Oh, there you go. Well, it's not technically a beer, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah. There, that's a beer. Look, come over here, Mom. Say hi. Say hi to Cassius. Hey, how you doing? Hi, how are you? Good. It's good to see you. Salute. Salute. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, Corona. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Carib, we're safe. We're safe. <laughs> it's, una, it's, a, it's a beer from the Caribbean. Oh. He says hi. <laughs> hi. 
Rock yes. and roll. So, <laughs> I'm the baby. The best. <laughs> yeah, good to see you, Mrs. Correa. See you. She said, good to see you. Thank you, Mom. And she gave me a beer. Wow, what an amazing mom. Wow. Uh, yeah, throw My this one away. My mom would never do that for me. No, I'm sure she definitely would. We love you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's an energy drink. <laughs> so for the listeners that aren't watching video, um, my mom came out of the room with a bang energy drink. Oh, it's sugar-free, mom, so you're okay. No tiene azúcar. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. She, she's going to have all this energy. She's going to have a panic attack like Uncle Joey and myself. <laughs> yeah, she's going to go to drive to the Tropicana. The she's treasure a island. She's going to start pacing back and forth. She was, ha- yeah, she, so she comes out of the room and she's like, is this, this isn't beer, huh? It's too sweet. <laughs> she just flipped me off. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get that well, on the show <laughs> yeah yeah um but uh yeah so now she got herself a real beer and uh yes yeah it's, it's so cool to have my mom here uh, um because she usually comes once a year for about a month we've had her here for about two months and a half you know because nice. i she's 72 i didn't want to i want to i didn't want her being reno um by herself in case she caught that shit so it's been good having her here but yeah yeah it's crazy yeah i'm with family right now myself man it's just like it's it's sort of better to be together with with all this crazy stuff going on for sure man so yeah gotta stay but connected you were saying you were so vague you could see yourself living in vegas huh yeah man like definitely especially after i talked to butch on the podcast he was just yeah. talking to me like about the like just the price of living like that he pays like in dollars and cents and shit and like things that yeah. I could pay. And, and just, it was making so much sense. And yeah. um, it was crazy, man. Actually, I'll tell you what a funny experience was that I had in Vegas. Yeah. One of the highlights was I actually went out on a date in Vegas. Oh yeah. Which was really weird. I met a Tinder date actually in Vegas. Now let me tell you, I don't use Tinder anymore. But in the summer of last year and leading up to, to the, the fall, I definitely did. Mm-hmm. So I told you about the, rep, the, representa- or the reputation Vegas sort of has about like what happens in Vegas stays there, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So I figured if I was on Tinder in Vegas, it would all be like, like Uncle Joey says, the filthy animals. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> these chicks that are just down and fucking dirty. What hotel are you at? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was just on Tinder. And I'm meeting these really, really nice, normal ass girls. And I was like, shit, man. And I start talking to one. We end mm-hmm. up arranging a date. So we met out on the strip. And uh, that shit was weird, dude, because I was realizing that I'm the guy. I got to host the date, but I don't know where the fuck I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm looking for directions around the strip and shit. But yeah. I'll tell you, dude, like just, and obviously you've done it many times, but just being on a date on the strip is was like, it was like a movie for me because, like, out here, there's just nothing like that, nothing remotely like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was fucking insane, but it was... Um, Where'd you was take a, her? We went out... Uh, sh- we literally went to the Bellagio, did the fountains and all that, and then we ended up going to Shake Shack and stuff because... Uh, yeah, she, that's great. I, yeah, man. I told yeah. her I'd never tried Shake Shack, so we went down there. Now, let me ask you this. Was it the first time she's been in Vegas? She lives there. Oh shit. That's okay. what I'm saying, man. Oh. So I actually got to meet and this is an exclusive, like I don't even talk about this, but I, I got to meet a girl out there and it was like it was interesting, dude. Yeah. It was interesting because I'd never been really on a date in another city. Like it was always like I'm showing people around or recommending a good spot type of thing. 
Hey, she must have a good gig too, though. I mean, that what what a great gig. You live in Vegas, and you could just meet people are in and out. Yeah. Set it, forget it, never see you again, unless you want to. Um, mm-hmm. That's great. Like if I was a chick, that'd be fucking great. Work during the week, and then like meet someone, and don't have to worry about like the dishes, you know? Right. Well, that's <laughs> the thing, man. And she was going to UNLV and all that stuff. So I yeah. was like, okay, that's pretty cool. You know, like. That's great. That's, that's, that's fucking awesome. Now, have you kept in touch with her? <laughs> now, here's the funny part. And here, here's why I wanted to bring it up. So, yeah. like, I thought she was really cool. And, like, uh-huh. you know, we sort of hit it off. And she was ready to actually come out here and visit me. So yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, come through and shit. Like, we were talking. And then I, I see a couple Snapchats, like, she's posting out, and she's posting out on some date with a guy. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, you know, you're in Vegas. You're having fun. Then another uh-huh. date with a guy a couple days later. Then another date with a guy. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to delete you because why the fuck am I going to subscribe to the date with a guy show? <laughs> <laughs> so I just fucking, I just took her off, dude. I was like, yeah. fuck it, what happens in Vegas really does stay in Vegas. Fuck it. That's her gig. See what I'm saying? That's her gig. She has a good gig for herself. It's not for yeah, you. Man. Fucking, she got to talk to the kid from Canada. She got her perspective. Yeah. I got this mine. light. It's bugging me. Is this light bugging you? Let me close the curtain. Yeah, yeah. Close the curtain. It's all good, bro. But I just thought that was hilarious, dude. I mean, it was the yeah. weirdest thing, man. So, so when was the last time you talked to her? It was like a month. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell the listeners, then I'll tell Freddie. It's all good. It was a month. You said a month. Sorry. It's okay. It was a month and a half after. I came back from Vegas was like about, we talked for about two months after that. See, it would have been interesting if you would have hung out through the, through the whole thing and see what she's doing now. See if she's still doing her dates. That's the thing, man. It would be so interesting (laughs) because listen, she was a really nice girl. I would be interested. Yeah. And especially because there's somebody out in Vegas, like, but I yeah. always felt like, yeah, I mean, you got to think. I had friends. I had comedians. I had dates. I felt very goddamn welcome in Vegas. Everybody did a very good job of welcoming me out there. Hell yeah, dude. wish crazy, we could have hung out way more, man. Yeah, man. It's all good. I mean, that, that, that's the other thing that I learned from going there is that when you're in a city like that, and I feel like it's way worse in L.A. and New York, so I'm ready for that. But it's like what you plan isn't what ends up happening. It's a version of what you plan. Right, right. That's really what I'm finding. Like, I got to meet you. That's it so didn't true. happen how I thought. We didn't go where I thought, but I loved every second of it. You know yeah. what I mean? So I've started to let go of it going how I've planned and then letting it be a version of it. You know, it's like there's some yeah. people I didn't even get to meet at all that I figured I would definitely meet. But, you know, that's a great way of putting it about anybody that comes out to Vegas. The way you plan it, it's not really going to happen the way you think no. it is. It's like an idea of it, but it's going to be totally different yeah when i when i look back all the times i came to vegas to visit with my friends we planned something but yeah you're right it turned out totally different whether it turned out to like the night turned into shit because someone got too wasted or (laughs) it was an epic night and you met amazing people so yeah yeah it's so true very true yeah and you went to dre's nightclub didn't you I actually, I tried to get into Dre's nightclub, but it, it, it didn't end up working out, actually. Because ah. I didn't, I, here's the thing, like, I was trying to go in as a single dude. So here, like, oh. where I'm at, it's, if you want to get into the club, it's 15 bucks, period. Fucking, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're fucking Tom, Dick, or Harry. Yeah. 
But out there, they're talking to me about $200 is cheap to get in as a single guy. I was like, are you shitting me? Yeah, but, no, it's, it, that's one thing. That's the shitty part of Vegas right there. You got to have more, that, more that's girls. That's what makes it exclusive. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you don't want a club full of single guys who pay 200 bucks. Yeah, no, <laughs> you don't want that. Then you got Skankfest. Yeah, for real though. No, that makes sense. Yay, there you go. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, the, the first year uh, I, I went out there, uh, I was like, I was a little scared of like, it's called Skankfest. Mm-hmm. The, the festival exactly? for comedy. It's a comedy festival in New York created by uh, the Legion of Skanks podcast. And I was like, this is going to be a little too crazy for friend, for my wife to be coming out here. I'm going to go check it out. And then when I saw that it was nothing but peaceful, nerdy podcast dudes, I'm like, this is fucking amazing. The next year I brought, there's barely any girls the first year. Next year I brought my wife. I came with my second wife, Sammy Solorio, my, my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, this is news to me. <laughs> yeah. So I brought, he's a comic too in Reno. Um, so, so we all met up in New York, right? Uh, mm-hmm. so with Sammy and. And we did that and there was way more gross. I think it's, it, so it was, it was crazy, but I, I get what you're saying um, because it could be like the club could be nothing but dudes. And then what's the point of that? You got to have more chicks, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah. A, unfortunately, I don't even know if it's unfortunate, but it's just the way it is, you know? And I'm also starting to think back and I'm like, I also think a good reflection of my trip and not experiencing any trouble or anything like that is that I was walking around with my father, who's essentially visibly, he would look like a bodyguard if you didn't know us. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that helps oh, anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah. No doubt. So yeah, there's a couple questions that I actually had that were set that I wanted to ask you. Um, yeah. So the first one is, and this isn't just, just set to Vegas. Um, I want to know what's the craziest thing that you've had happen in relation to your comedy career? What's, what's one thing that was just insane? One thing that was insane in comedy, my comedy career. Um, well, I, there's been so many different interesting things that have happened as far as like, whether for the good or for the bad or just funny stuff. Like maybe, maybe it's not, I don't have a lot of insane stuff. Uh, I mean, you've seen the video I recorded with the guy, the heckler guy, the other guy approaches the other guy and then he gets kicked in the chest. That was pretty insane. I right. recorded that video and I put it online. It went viral. For anybody who hasn't seen that. Yeah, if you look up uh, Heckler Gets Kicked by a Comedian, it was uh, uh, an open mic here in Vegas. Sammy was there. Lizzie was there. And uh, it was it just it was a hectic, chaotic night where um, this open micer uh, rushed the, the host they were going bantering back and forth. And, and like I said, you wa- go watch the video, but it ended up the host kicked my buddy Tino. He ended up kicking him in self-defense. I recorded it. I happened to walk out of the restroom because I heard squealing. Somebody was squealing, like yelling. Like, <laughs> squealing. Yeah, it was like loud. So I'm like, something's wow. happening. I get my phone ready and I walked out recording. And I ended up after a, a lot of thinking and whatever, I'm like, I asked permission from my buddy. I didn't ask permission from the guy, Kate, because he's an asshole. But right. uh, he used to torture the comedy scene all over, heckling always. and All over um, Vegas? Yeah, all over the open mics. He would uh, show up and heckle and try to be. He was one of those goofy guys. 
he's still around, but he's one of those goofy guys. You ever hear the comedy store? Like, um, you always hear the the crazies, the yeah. the, yeah. the the ding dong show, the people that Don Bears puts up. Um, the boom shakalakas. Yeah. And all the- <laughs> but boom shakalaka is a sweetheart. He's not. Yeah, a he's a bad motherfucker. Don't get me. We you love know. you, man. Yeah, I love Boone. You know, I, uh, but but this guy was an ass. I'm not even gonna mention his name, but you, if you watch the video, you'll see. But um, yeah, this guy was an asshole. So anyway, I upload the video. It goes fucking viral in the comedy scene, and it was like people either went for it and said, "Great job for kicking that motherfucker," and then there was a very small percentage of people saying, "Oh, that's messed up. You kicked an old man." And and at first, people thought it was me. Because my mm. name was on the title on the bottom. Yeah, I you put, put it up, right. I put Freddie Korea. I wanted to, you know, FreddieKorea.com, <laughs> you know, right, marketing. Yeah. Dude. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, fucking Kurt Metzger hit me up on Twitter. He's like, hey, great job on kicking that motherfucker. And I'm like, oh, no, bro, it wasn't <laughs> me. It was my friend. Who was he? And then I sent him Tino's uh, Instagram and, and Twitter. And But, yeah, it's, uh, bro, that shit went, it went all over the place. It went on uh, the bonfire with Big J and Dance Odor. They mm. did a commentary that's hilarious. They make fun of me the way <laughs> I edit the video. At really? first, they think I'm the kicker, too. And then they realize that I'm the director. And then they say something like, this guy should be editing movies in Hollywood. <laughs> He's like Quentin Tarantino. He started with the kick in the beginning, and then he goes he back. He goes to the beginning. <laughs> uh red band brought it up to rogan on one episode and they broke it down bro it was fucking crazy unfortunate that dude got kicked you know um but that's to me that's one of the craziest um things that have happened like but there's there's just so many weird things that have happened you know like people going on stage people i mean it's vegas people are super drunk they're day drinking all day yeah um i was going through my old videos my old phone just trying to find old videos the other day when i used to um open for edwin uh san juan at at planet hollywood and there was a video where there was this guy that was torturing us uh i was the host there was a guest bond there was a middle act and edwin and this guy was torturing every one of us he was heckling us he had his foot on stage wearing a pink shirt open down to his chest (laughs) He was like the king of the fucking world. He was wearing sandals. We're all shitting on him, but he didn't let us get through our set. We kept what? telling him, shut the fuck up. We're going to kick you out. And I recorded on the side. Here I'm recording. on the, always fucking recording and shit. Right. <laughs> you got but, um, to. <laughs> you got to, bro. <laughs> That's why when I hear that there's fights, when, when there's an open mic or a show that there's fights, I'm like, did somebody record it? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Get your fucking camera and record that shit. It's in your pocket. It's in your fucking pocket. Oh, it pisses me off. But anyway, <laughs> I, I'm recording on the side. And I see the progression of this dude. And then finally when Edwin comes out on stage, Edwin destroys him. And security, finally security got there. And the casino security, and they kick him out. And everybody's clapping. Mm. Like, fuck yeah, get the fuck out of here. And then the <laughs> show went great. But yeah, I mean. That's funny. Holy shit, uh, man. Yeah, uh, never a dull moment. And this is not a crazy story. Let me tell you a quick story. Um, I, I did this story when I did the show with Joey and Reno uh, at Reno Tahoe Comedy Club. I, I got molested while I was on stage. No, no, not when I was on stage. When I was uh, a cable guy up in Reno. So I really? used to go into people's homes and install their cable, their internet. Yeah, I got molested 
by this old guy. So I walk in uh, and this guy, uh, I do this story on stage, so I'm, I, but I'm just telling you not as a bit, just as a story. This guy looked like Paul Giamatti. Think of Paul okay. Giamatti, you know, just right. a little yeah. chubby dude, little <laughs> Afro, Jew Afro, whatever. I hate to yeah. laugh, but the visual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're like, I got molested. I'm just laughing. Yeah, dude. In a bathroom. This dude opens the door in the bathroom and he seen, he kept asking me questions. How does the remote work? And what does this do on the DVR and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking this guy, he's not that bright. So I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking back in the day, we could upsell people and, and make sales oh. every time you upsell a box. So I'm like, what do you have in the bedroom? I'm thinking. And he's like, oh, I just have a regular box. I'm like, you know, we have a promo right now. I could get you a DVR in the bedroom <laughs> and you could trade it out for 30 days. I get $20 off of that. Right. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So I went to the truck. I grabbed my, my, my DVR. I'm like this fucking idiot. You know, I'm going to make me $20 off of this. <laughs> and, and bro, if you make five sales, that's a hundred dollars. Every sale yeah. was twenty dollars, flat sell, flat fee per person. Yeah, that's per damn person. good. Yeah, you make five sales. So, I, dude, technicians in Reno were making bank on that shit. Mm. So we walked to the bedroom, and then he stops in the middle of the hallway, <laughs> and he turns around and and dude, I I I always remember how gross it is because he's like, uh, <laughs> and this this is this is literally what he says. So I'm not doing the bit. I do okay. this on stage. Um, he's like, are, are you Harry? And I'm like, oh. no. I'm like, no, I'm Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, me not knowing what the fuck he was talking about, but he's like, no, are you Harry? And as soon as he said it the second time, he reaches under my shirt and starts grabbing my chest, dude. Whoa. And we're like next to his, the entrance of his master bedroom. And I freaked out. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Wow. Like, I, I didn't know. What'd you I do? Didn't know, I, I pushed him super hard, like, yeah, like, not like a push, like, ah, oh, get off of me. No, no, like uh, a punch push. Right. Fight, like, hard. get the fuck off me. Yeah, yeah. that fool, like, stumbled back and fell into right. his bed. So that's why it's like, it was a, f now as a comic, when I, when I tell it on stage, it's just, it's like it wrote itself out of all places mm. that he lands on the fucking bed. And so I did that story uh on stage at reno tahoe comedy club as a bit and and this and there's this thing they do in probably only reno tahoe comedy club they do intermission because okay. they could sell more money in the intermission with alcohol so right. in an intermission i run into some people are like usually i like doing that because i like oh they're gonna be like good set good job whatever and i was hosting that night well, one guy comes up to me, and it was this fat dude, um, pretty big, heavy set guy, and he's like, "Hey, that bit you were doing right there, I think you're funny, but you could be more creative than that." I think it was a bit homophobic. I'm like, "What? Homophobic? What do you mean homophobic? I was just telling a story that happened to me. I got molested right. by a, an old gay guy." It could have been anybody who did it. You would probably still say it. Yeah, it could have. Yeah, it, it was just like it happened to me as an adult. Who gets molested as an, a fucking adult? <laughs> right. You know, while you're awake. You know, it's like, <laughs> so it's like I'm like, fuck you. It's my story. You know, like I didn't say nothing. I didn't. I didn't. I think the the most homophobic thing I probably said was, I didn't know old gay people existed. You right. know, like, and it was supposed. It was a stupid joke. I used to say 
because of AIDS. Get it? You know, it was back in the day. <laughs> so, it, but it was the key word is joke. The key yeah, word is it's joke. A joke. It's a joke. You're a fucking comedian. I thought people knew that by now, but they seem to forget it when you offend them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so then I'm I'm standing. We're like a couple feet off of the bar. Here comes this this other fat heavy set. <laughs> I don't know why I say fat heavy set. Uh, <laughs> just to other emphasize fat, it. <laughs> yeah, this other fat gay dude, um, and he's like, "This is my partner. Uh, this is Freddie." I'm like, "Hey man, look, just just so you know, it's a joke. I hope you don't take it the wrong way, but you know, I'm not gonna apologize. It's a joke." And then he's like, "Well, it's okay as long as you know it's a joke." I'm like, "Yeah, well, it is a joke, and it did happen to me, so I'm not lying." And he's like, "Well, this is my partner. His name's Bob." Bob, nice to meet you. What is your name? My name's Rob. Whoa. Robin Bob. <laughs> Robin Bob. And they, they, <laughs> that's weird, man. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you, can't, you can't write this shit. You can't, dude. Robin Bob. Two, two, uh, and then Rob came with the drinks. He's like, hi, Freddie. And then he was nice. He was a sweetheart. He's like, I thought you were real funny. And then he was, you could tell he was the cunt in the relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Like he was just being all, he was like, like the the wife or something like, fuck you. I I don't like that. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That's fucking hilarious, man. Rob and Bob. You've really had, your experiences have really run the gamut when it comes to, to comedy. Yeah, I mean, there's been this is just it's just crazy shit I see with other people, but yeah, it's you know people get offended, they're gonna get offended no matter what. You know, the important thing is, you know, it, it comes like Patrice O'Neill said it from the best way, um, and you can watch this over and over on YouTube when they were interviewing. Comedy comes from a good place, you know. Yeah, it comes from a good place. There's there's a difference between let's say if you're hitting the racial. Like if you're doing racy jokes about race, there's a difference between being racial and racist, you know? Absolutely, man. That's the thing. You can talk about race without it being quote unquote racist. And I think it's, it's the same with any topic. That's a good point, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So another question for you here, Uh what's your advice for comedians who are just starting off? Cheers. Comedians who are just starting off who are trying to build their fan base. Do stand up online. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, hold on. A I was gonna be like, <laughs> you almost got me there for a sec. <laughs> yeah, man. Make get, sure there's nobody there. Get a Zoom account. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, uh, somebody is starting off. I think the best thing to do is don't even worry about a fan base. Um, that will come later. I think the most important thing is just become a savage on stage Mm. you know uh one thing is one of the mistakes i did was just focus on the whole fan base early in the beginning that's why my social media has high numbers but it ain't shit because they're not the people that are following me some of them think either i'm the backup singer from selena because his name is freddie korea (laughs) also oh is it yeah yeah a lot of people hit me up they're like are you the backup singer for and i say yes i am i definitely am come see me i'm doing a show yeah i do i i promote him when you're in vegas the show's on me um (laughs) and uh so so i i there's too much time wasted sometimes on social media and, and trying to build a fan base i think it's good to be creative 
and make videos. I think people make skits. I mean, that's fucking amazing what they're doing. Um, people are out there podcasting. People are just do rants. I love it. Um, yeah. Do what you're going to do, but focus. If you want to be a stand-up comic, become a savage on stage. I, I envy. There's so many people I have started after me that have fucking passed me, bro. Like, you know, like they'll be out there featuring or headlining shows. And it's like, fuck, they started two years after me, you know? Right. So that's the thing. It's like, I have regrets. I regret not starting earlier in my life. I started at the age of 28. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 38 this year. So it's going to be 10 years in August when I turn 38 in August. Mm -hmm. um, and I wish I would have started earlier. One of the things that have prevented me from doing so much stage time, though, so this is, this is it's like, um, you know, that balance scale. You have too much of this, you're going to have less. Yeah. Too much For some of reason, this, the word is escaping that. me, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, so like I had now some of those friends that have passed me and, and I say it with love because not jealousy, I get mad at myself for not being where they are. Um, I could be that guy with the chip on my shoulder. Why are they getting booked? No, it's because they have, they, they fucking worked it out. They deserve to be out there doing what they're doing, you know? So a lot of it also has to do because they have gone kind of full-time into it or have a part-time. I happen to have a full-time job. So it makes it with overtime, a lot of overtime. Yeah. So it makes it hard for me. Um, but here's where I'm blessed. Um, I don't have kids. So that helps me mm, more stage definitely. time. So, so that's what, uh, back to your question, what do I recommend someone that's starting out? Not having much, kids. Not, yeah. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's what I recommend. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You too, bro? You don't want to have kids? Hell no. Fuck yeah. Not in this lifestyle, my man. Thank you, bro. I'm going to finish the rest of my shot for that. Cheers. Definitely, dude. I, I don't mean to interrupt the thought process, but I had to add yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's fucking... No, that's... Bro, Um. you know, it, it, whatever whatever is hindering you that you could manage to... um to get out of your life when, you know, when, when standup comes back and all that, figure it out where you could get on stage as much as you can. Because I see also talented people. I see talented, um, some talent, mostly, well, there's less girls in comedy, but I've seen some very talented girls that are super funny, dude. And as soon as they start dating, it's like the, the guy starts getting jealous, but it happens the other way around too. Mm. So it's like, as soon as they're in a relationship, that shit hinders you. And then I see, I see some comics that they have a, a shout out to my, my friend, Tyler Jolly. He's, he's engaged and he's been killing it still, you know? So like, nice. so, so it's like, that's, that's another thing. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky that my wife is very supportive. Yeah. And, and she's in a similar field, right? Cause she does like online content as well. Exactly. And she has her full-time job. So like we've talked about it before, like, when, when, you're, when are you going to take that leap, that jump and all that? It's like, you're going to know when it's time to go full-time into it. The, the important thing is that um, you know you're ready. You know you're yeah. ready to, to, to quit the day, day job and all that. And I always use Bill Burr as one of my favorite examples because he is one of the kings of comedy. And Absolutely. Living legend. And he, he does so many things. Yeah. 
Yeah, he does so many things. And he's super talented, super original. And when I use him as an example is in this aspect. He had a daytime job for the first 10 years in construction, different jobs really? while he did comedy. Yeah, and he's talked about it on his, his podcast before. So it's like that, that, that really, it, it's, it's comfort to me, you know? I'm like, damn, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah. It's actually doable. Yeah, I, I actually didn't even know that. That's insane. Yeah. Well, definitely yeah. shout out to Bill Burr for that. Um, the, the last structured question I really had for you was if you could do a comedy show with anybody in the, wor in the world, and this could be dead or alive, and any venue in the world, where would it be? And I'll give you a second to think about it. With who and where? Yeah, and it could be any comic, dead or alive, in any venue. It would be you. You could be headlining. The person could be headlining. Mm, that's great. And it could be more than one comic if you can't narrow yeah. it down to one. Dude, I would just be happy to do a guest spot with Greg Giraldo. Greg Giraldo, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah rest in peace, Greg Giraldo, because um, I, have all, I have a multitude of people that have inspired me. But when I was going to start comedy, I was watching Last, Last Comic Standing. Uh, Felipe Esparza really inspired me to get up and, and, and do comedy. People had been telling me, because my outlet at the time, I was making funny, stupid funny YouTube videos, little skits and and i had a i i had a bunch of facebook friends and, and people will watch and be like hey you should be a comedian you should do stand-up and and i'm here i am watching felipe Sparza destroy and i'm like he's latino i'm latino hmm. uh you know and i told scott warren shout out to scott warren i said shout out scott yes yeah, i love scott warren funny comic uh great podcast uh not podcast right yeah, not it's a, it's a not cast, so it's not a it's podcast. A not cast. Yeah, it's a not cast. <laughs> but I told him, I'm like, isn't that racist? Like, for me to say, oh, a Latino's doing stand up, I could do stand up. You never hear a white guy say, man, a white guy's doing stand up, I could do. <laughs> it's so not funny. what you mean. It's like a double standard, bro. It's not right. But um, yeah, I saw Felipe, and I was like, fuck yeah. And then that one of the judges that season was Greg Giraldo. So here I am. Pandora was getting big uh slacker radio is like I, I slacker radio was a version of like pandora so you could mm -hmm. you could listen to comedy so i looked up greg giraldo and i was listening to all his albums dude and i became a huge fan and i'm like i want to be like him i want to be a guy that could rant and just be fucking hilarious and then months after uh last comics standing was over a couple months later all of a sudden it comes in the news that he he passed away yeah and it broke my heart and at the time i was coming out of i used to be very religious so i felt like god was telling me don't do comedy <laughs> really but, so i put it away for months and it wasn't until mm -hmm. 2011 2011 uh was when i started doing comedy when, when when you say you used to be religious when did you stop um around 2010 i used to be like uh a young adults leader, almost like not, I was never, never labeled a young adults pastor, but I was pretty much that. Hmm. Like I had my own little like group of like 20 to 30 young adults. I was 28. Um, I started when I was like 25 or something. And it was like the, the young adults, like the ones after high school going into college. Uh, so in their twenties up to like 30 something. And right. I, I was the, I would, I would study, um, 
I was studying my teaching, my weekly teaching and prepare it. And I was also the worship leader. So I would bring the songs ready with my guitar or piano and, and lead the worship. And we all sit like in a room, like in a circle. And, and we started off with like five or seven and it started growing and growing, but really, yeah, yeah. But I had but, no clue about this. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I had no clue. Yeah. Yeah, I was there, dude. Kumbaya, Malo. No. <laughs> I feel like most people may not know, but that's really cool. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I was, I mean, before that, I mean, I, Lizzie and I met in church, you know, like we wow. grew up in church, in the Spanish church. Um, and then when we got married, we ended up moving out of uh, the Spanish church and wanted to do our own thing. So we went to a beautiful English church, uh, beautiful people, loveful. People like we're look when we grew up, you always hear of people like our churches, they judge and they look down upon you. It was a lot. We got a lot of that in a Spanish culture because Spanish is more Spanish. People are more strict. They're more conservative. So we grew up where you can watch the Simpsons, no MTV, no Mm. secular music, no, no Michael Jackson, nothing that had to do if it wasn't worship music, you know. So when we got married, we're like, we're going to do our own thing. We went to an English church and it was more, more modern, like uh, Christian rock, Christian rap, you know? <laughs> right, right. At least P.O.D. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you remember P.O.D.? You ever heard of P.O.D.? I didn't hear of them, no. P.O.D. is a badass Christian rock. Like, they're not, they're a, a rock band that happens to be Christian. So I can't call them a Christian band. Right. They have some badass fucking music, dude. P.O.D. Payable on Death is what it stands for. They have good fucking music. Like, they're respected. Like, you go to a P.O.D. concert, even though they're Christian, people in the audience are smoking weed. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you know, like. But anyway, back to the thing. Um, When we started going to the English church, mm-hmm. it was a really cool experience. And I was always in love with learning the Bible. I was trying to learn Hebrew when I was a teenager, so I know very little Hebrew because I forgot a lot of it. Um, so I, I, I was a, a student of the Bible. Wow. So as a student, it's kind of like when you become a fan of something, you want to be that. Kind of like people like listening to comedy. They want to try comedy. So I started teaching, and I, I felt like I could teach. And it was, it was great, dude. It was a cool run. It was a good gig. You know, nice. I look at it as a gig now. <laughs> hey, fair enough, man. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so you sort of left because of you felt it was a pretty judgmental culture. Uh, I left. No, not 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 the church where I was. I still have so much love for the people there and, and the church I grew up with. You know, I don't, I don't I'm not the kind of person that left religion and hates it and mm-hmm. has bitterness. I don't have that. OK. However. uh with all due respect, I think it's silly. <laughs> a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Like I started, like when I started questioning things and people couldn't answer things, um, it just, it just like, it didn't make sense. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, because you, you, every religion thinks they're the right religion. And I'm like, okay, what about the Hindus? What about the people in Nepal? They're not Hindus. They, they're not Buddhists. They have a some religion I don't even know. They never, they never heard of Jesus Christ. Are they gonna go to hell? Right. Um, I was a Bible thumper, dude. So, for example, 
I'll spit I'll spit a verse for you. Uh I'm gonna flow. No. Uh, spit a verse. Let's go. <laughs> the book of John chapter 14, verse 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. That's Jesus talking. Mm. So he's saying, No one's gonna come to the Father unless you go through me. Well, what right. if somebody never heard of the name of Jesus? There's another verse, I believe, in the book of Hebrews or Acts. It says, uh, no one shall be saved but by the name of Jesus. No one, no one ever will ever be saved. So <clears throat> you start thinking outside the box, and you're like, well, what if I was like someone like, like in, the, in the island of Senegal, you know that island outside of India? that they've never been exposed the, uh, to North Sentinelese. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that shot down that with arrows, that fucking yeah, yeah. perverted preacher that was trying to come up to, and they fucked them up with arrows. Yeah. What if I was one of them and I die my whole life, never hearing of the name of Jesus, never believing in Jesus. Am I going to burn in hell forever and ever? So you ask that to a pastor, you ask that to a Christian, somebody will tell you, this is the answer. So I'm assuming they're going to tell you, cause this is the answer they gave me multiple times. Well, God is a God of grace, and he's going to judge that person according to their works. Or he's a justful God, and he's going to judge it the right way. No, that's not what the Bible says. This is why I was a, a Bible thumper. <laughs> right. The Bible says no man is saved by works, but by faith through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So you're, it's, it's, you're saved by grace and faith, not by the works that you do. Yeah, you're like, you're, that's what you guys told me before. Mm -hmm. Because, see, the whole Christianity is based at Jesus paid the price on the cross for you so that you don't have to be a, a good person and earn your way up to heaven. So if I'm not if, if, G, if I have to go through Jesus, then I'm fucked. Right. So that's one <laughs> of the reasons that really got to me. That verse, hmm. John 14, 6, really mess with my head to a lot of for a lot of people it's a beautiful verse but that verse messed with me in the sense that it, this 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 is a game this is just a game be be in my club and you're gonna be cool and it, you know and the other clubs are bad you got to be in my club you know mm. and then what about the gays so you tell me all the gays are gonna go to hell you tell me it's by choice right oh. yeah so, so when did I choose to like girls? I never choose. I never, I don't remember choosing to like girls. I just like girls. Right. Just like them. Just they, they didn't choose to like whoever they like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very ridiculous. Like that's why I think it's silly, but I respect it because I feel like religion is good for a lot of people. And I think people need religion. Yeah. Some people have really bad addictions where they can't even have function. They can't even have a job. They just do drugs. And they, 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 no, I'm good. Thank you, mom. But they just need religion to keep them away from that. Praise yeah. God for that. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. If it can make you a better person, then yeah. of course there's, there's nothing against it. But I think it's when it starts making you judge other people and tell people how to live, that it's probably a problem. Yeah. It's when you start casting stones and looking at people. So to me now, that's why I love Uncle Joey's uh, podcast is, is and the name it's funny the name of the podcast is the church of what's happening now church yeah exactly there's uncle joe in the back right there in your wall. it's like it's like it's a family it's a church to to me i just i never it's like i went from one church to another you know what i mean comedy 
mm. and, and like the, this union we have through comedy, through podcasts. And, and it's, it's still something beautiful because I, just because, look, I'm not an atheist. And am I an agnostic? I don't know. Do I need a label? I don't know what's out there, right? You don't need a label. I tell people I'm yeah. not even agnostic. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not nothing. Yeah, I'm not nothing. I'm just, I, I, I don't I'm need. I'm a guy. I'm a guy. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just a person. And I know um, people say, well, how do you know what's good and evil without the Bible? Well, I know I shouldn't punch someone in the face because it makes them feel bad. Right. And it's going to make me feel bad. Thou shalt not like, kill is, is common sense, not just religion. Exactly, exactly. So um, if, if there's something, something that I don't want to be a stumbling rock, that's a Christian, Christianese. You know what Christianese is? No, what's that? It, it, Christianese is a language that you use when you talk in, in Christian, like Christian terms. Okay. I don't want to make you stumble, brother. I don't want to be a stumbling rock. <laughs> right. When you use, you know, that's Christianese. It's like when you use jargon, like for, like if you're a cable guy and you use, uh, certain terms or you're a plumber and you use certain terms of your trade that's right. christianese so i don't want to be a stumbling <laughs> block to people but if, if you want to see a really good documentary that's gonna fuck up your faith <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of them but it, this is not what fucked up my faith it just kind of helped me like feel ah oh, i'm not the only one look up um, a, a documentary of a guy he never even made money off of it it's called the the god that wasn't there you could watch it on YouTube. I've heard of that. Great documentary. Nice. You you learned that there was so many other stories of Jesus before Jesus. Horus. Mm. There's all these different cre uh, 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 stories and myths of people that came. They were, they were half God, half human. And they came. They were, uh, they were born of a virgin. And then uh, they came and were sacrificed for the people. There's... Just like there's a bunch of flood stories, you know, all right. over the world of the, the great flood all yeah. over Noah. Yeah. There's a lot of Jesus stories and, but they use different names. It's a great documentary. You should check it out. That's really interesting, man. Well, I, I think I'll probably check that out for sure. Yeah. Well, that, that's yeah. a lot of stuff that we didn't know about you. So I think that people will definitely be interested, <laughs> man. Like this is badass. Like we, we, we got deep with Freddie Correa tonight. Yeah, we did. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, listen, this has been so much fucking fun, dude. I thank you for, for joining me on here. Um, what can you tell us about where we can find you? And of course, what's coming up on the Thanks for the Invite podcast, a huge hit. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, I got the podcast, Thanks for the Invite podcast. You can find it anywhere you, uh, you, you find uh, podcasts and, and uh, go to freddycorea.com. That's my website where you can find all my um social media unless you want to type in fred ricker <laughs> f-r-e-d-r-e-k-e-r -E -E but yeah you just you just find me uh on uh on on facebook instagram social media uh, uh twitter uh pornhub anything you want like <laughs> I, I i was telling you today did you upload your podcast on pornhub it's on pornhub i mean yeah it's up there dude um that's such a dude that's such a great idea like any outlet you can put your podcast, put it up there, dude. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, I figured, like, th there's interviews up there, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah, so, so yeah, exactly, dude. Dude, I, I sent a video to Ian, my co-host, and Sammy, Ian Burford. Um, I sent him a video, and they're like, what is this? It's a link from Pornhub. Dude, it was a guy teaching – it was an old guy. Like, it looked like fucking um, uh, Joe Biden, dude, just eating <laughs> – he had half of a watermelon 
and he was teaching people how to eat a watermelon on Pornhub. <laughs> and I sat there and watched it for 13 minutes just to see what happened. <laughs> Bro. It's funny though, because it is a platform just like any other. <laughs> yeah, it's a platform. Bro, he was teaching people how to do these tunnels and how to connect the other side to the other tunnel. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? You could tell it was something that was uploaded to YouTube and then they re-uploaded it to Pornhub. It was funny. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, uh, also an invitation for, for people. Anybody that comes to Vegas, you want to come see a show, whether I'm performing that night or not, uh, I could get you some tickets, man, on me, complimentary. I would love to, I would love for you to go to a show and, and treat you. I would like to treat you so. Vegas is different. You, you go to other cities, they want you to buy tickets. And I know right now we're going to need people buying tickets for sure. We need to recover from all this bullshit going on. But Vegas, we've, Vegas, you've always hear Vegas is the place where they take care of you. Back in the mobster days, yeah. people take care of you. You're going to get taken care of in Vegas. So that's always been my mentality. If I have a way to, to invite you to, you know, if I, if I have a homie that, is a promoter at a club i'm gonna hook you up that's how big it is we, we like hooking people up so yeah hit me up that's badass man hit him up thanks for the invite podcast of course i encourage everybody to check it out my man freddie thank you so much it's been a pleasure yeah hey man thank you and one last thing it, to me it's an honor because all the guests that you've had you just had ron jeremy yeah man and i'm gonna be a couple episodes afterwards uh, it's an honor bro thank you it's an honor for me, man. Thank you so much. And there you have it. My exclusive interview with the incredible Freddie Correa. Thank you to Freddie for being on the show once again. It's always great to connect with him. If you enjoyed what you saw here on today's podcast, first and foremost, please make sure to subscribe to our guest. The link to everywhere you can follow him and find his podcast is in the description below. But also make sure to subscribe to the Cassius Morris Show. There's content almost every single day that's coming out. I'm working my ass off on this stuff, and I really hope you guys are enjoying it. Click that subscribe button. I'm on Facebook.com slash Cassius.Morris, Twitter at Cassius Morris, Instagram at Cassius Morris underscore. Make sure to follow me. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, this is Cassius Morris saying, rock on.